Good morning, everyone. We continue our journey on Neon and Beyond. Thank you so much for joining us as we get you up close and personal with amazing things that are happening here in Southern Nevada, Clark County, and the greatest state ever, that is Nevada. As we approach June 1st and are 100% rolling back to pre-COVID-19 conditions, uh, we have lots to get to. And I think something that we sometimes forget about is that we're all going to be boating or we're going to be around water, especially around Lake Mead. All right. And two of my favorite guys, I love these guys. I get to come on each and every year as we get to talk about boating safety and the things that go behind it. Cause boating is fun, but we got to remember some general things with that as well from the U S coast guard auxiliary, Mark Himes and Bob Cromley. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Steph. Good morning, Steph. How are you guys? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am good. You guys, we had so much fun when we were in studio last time. I can't wait to give you guys a big hug and and to see your beautiful faces again. But in the meantime, something that is very, very important, and that's why we're all here together, is to talk about boating safety. And the U.S. Coast Guard Auxiliary has been around for a while, but when we talk about that, I think people think like on the oceans or, you know, the U.S. Coast Guard doing that kind of stuff. But you guys are here at Lake Mead helping everybody stay safe and have a great time boating. So, Mark, I'm going to start with you. Tell us about the U.S. Coast Guard Auxiliary, a little history here in Southern Nevada. Well, the Auxiliary here in Las Vegas, we uh, our area of operation is Lake Mead, Lake Mojave, and down in Laughlin, the parts of the uh, Colorado River and then Lake Havasu. But we... Uh, we have two units here in Las Vegas. We've been here since 1955. A lot of people don't realize that there is a Coast Guard uh, here, and they think, you know, desert, why do they need Coast Guard? But the, because of the two big bodies of water, of Lake Mead and Lake Mojave, so we, we're here to help educate people on uh, water safety as far as boating and just being out on the water, even if you're just swimming. So we, we promote that. Okay, so I, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. I don't know if this would be for you or Bob, but, you know, we saw a lot of traffic on Lake Mead during the pandemic, especially when we were shut down. People were going outside, right? That is, they had a tremendous amount of people out at the lake. People were buying boats because they wanted things to do, and they thought that was the best way to do it. So boat sales went up, and Lake Mead tourists went up. Not even tourists, but... And the locals. Yeah, and I'm sure you guys were really busy. What was the one thing that you guys saw that you would like to remind everybody about that maybe we didn't do correctly? As a boat owner and a boat operator, you have to consider everybody else that's around you. Just buying a thirty or $40,000 boat and just putting it in the water and going out and have a good time, there's a lot of responsibility as the operator of that boat. All the other people on the lake, there are rules of the road that you're required or you, you need to understand. Uh, those red and yellow, red and green buoys that are out there, they're there for a reason. It's not to try to bounce off of or see how close you can get to. Uh, they're to help you navigate around the lake. Always keep in mind, too, that your number one priority is the safety of everyone on your boat and the people that you interact with on the lake. 
You bring up such a good point too, because I think once we get a boat, it's so much fun. And it is. It's a ton of fun. I have been somebody that's been around lakes since I was born, both in Canada and the United States. And Lake Mead was some something near and dear to my heart. A hundred percent. I was there every day in high school. We had a boat there as well. But there's a lot of safety and a lot of different measures you need to take before you just get in the boat and go, right? Oh, by far, a lot of stuff you should know. Absolutely. One thing we, I want to bring up, this Saturday kicks off National Safe Boating Week. It's nice. a national program, and it starts Saturday, this coming Saturday, May 22, and it goes through uh, Friday, May 28th, and it's National Safe Boating Week. just brings awareness to boating safety, whatever parts of water you're on. All right, so Mark, what are some safety tips for us you can give us? Well, the biggest one... And we always try to drive at home, wear your life jacket. That is the number one priority. And we just if had another was incident. To wear a life jacket, there would be so many less drownings and mishaps out on the lake if they would just wear a life jacket. Well, and you bring up a good point, because like I said, we just had a mishap, not just in the boat, but before you get on the boat or if you're on the beach there, of that poor little girl that her life was taken. Yeah, that was sad. She was on a uh, a water noodle with another young girl, and one stayed attached to the water noodle, but she uh, lost uh, grip on it, and she submerged, and uh, they had to, sorry to say, had to pull her out of the water, and she just didn't make it. So, I mean, even when you're out on the on the water, walking around. Close to the water, out on a dock. If you fall in, you you know you could be in trouble. And it was windy that day when she perished. But uh, and it just takes a, a split second for things to happen. So if you're just swimming out on the water, you don't have to have a full-on life jacket. At least you have some kind of a life jacket on. You don't have to have the full vest, but that would be the best way to go. But wear the life jacket, Stephanie. Yes. One of the takeaways from that situation is that the, the products that we buy for our swimming pools and that are not designed to be in open water. Lake Mead is considered open water because it's not contained in a small area like your pool would be. Uh, those things are not life preservers, and there's a, a disclaimer right on each one of them that you buy. It is not, <clears throat> excuse me, it is not to be used as a life preserver or life-saving device. And I think a lot of folks uh, misunderstand that or, or they don't think about it. So a lot of common sense has to be put into play when you go out to the lake. Absolutely. And, you know, the weather can change so quick, and you don't know you don't know until, unfortunately, something like this happens. If it's windy, the clouds roll in. It's different out there than it is in your own backyard here in the valley. And after numerous, numerous experiences on the lake, it changes that quick. And you have to just remember to be safe. That's that's right. You see the dark clouds coming over the mountaintops from the southwest. You better start heading towards shore. At least get close to it to where you can get off the water quickly. Something, uh, Steph, that I want to bring up that happened with that young girl. Uh, they have, if you don't have life jackets when you go out there and you want to be in the water, the National Park Service started a life jacket exchange program. It's a loaner, they have loaner stations. You can go up 
and get a life jacket, use it when you're done, take it back to the loaner station, and it's no cost. Through the years, it's been, it's been out there for about five years now. They're building more loaner stations, so there will be plenty of loaner stations for anyone that needs a jacket. But something that's come from the uh, the young girl passing, that some gentlemen from uh, Boulder City that are residents there, Dusty Frizzell and um, Guy Cohen, they have started a life jacket campaign drive for donations and for life jackets to be donated to the National Park Service. They prefer to do the monetary donations because they're trying to make all the life jackets the same so they just don't get willy-nilly different kinds of life jackets or unusable life jackets. And if anyone is interested in donating to their cause to uh, for the life jackets, it's Dusty, D-U-S-T-Y, at AlterLuxury.com, A-L-T-E-R-L-U-X-U-R-Y.com, Dusty at AlterLuxury.com for if anyone's interested in donating to the life jacket uh, exchange program. Absolutely. It is very, very important. And as a mama of two kids that swim very well, you I don't care how well you swim, you still need a life jacket when you get in the water. Yeah, the ironic thing about that, uh, we've heard that so many times. People, oh, I've been swimming 25, 30 years. I'm a very strong swimmer. But if you fall on the bo- off the boat and you're unconscious, that uh, swimming ability is useless. The life jacket will keep you afloat. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I agree with you. And guys, um, I want to know some top safety things for the boat. Let's go over what you should do before you're taking your boat on Lake Mead. Give us some things to go over before you even get to the water. Okay. Probably the primary thing is make sure that you have enough life jackets for everybody that's going to be on board. If you carry two or three and you have five people on your your boat, uh, inadequate. Make sure everybody has that. The other thing is, if you are the pilot or the operator of the boat, someone else that's with you needs to know how at least to use the radio to call for help in the event of an emergency, or even how to turn the boat off. There's been instances where uh, the person in uh, piloting the boat has fallen off or suffered a medical condition and was unable to operate the boat. There was nobody on the boat that could take over that responsibility. So again, designate somebody. If something happens to me, do you know how to turn it off? Do you know how to use the radio? In other words, prepare for uh, most events that that we hope never happens. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing is, uh, we have so many folks run out of fuel on their way back, coming through the narrows or something. They underestimate the amount of fuel burn that they have there. Uh, sunscreen is another good example. Uh, there are a list of items that the federal government has required on all boats. Uh, life jackets is one of them, a fire extinguisher. Um, there's a number of uh, other items, distress flares. If something were to happen, maybe you don't have a radio, but if you don't have a flare gun or some way to uh, notify somebody that you're in distress, that's important to carry with you also. First aid kit, just kind of common sense items that you would take with it. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I know we've gone over a lot of things this morning, but where can people find out more information if they do a Google search or a website that you guys have? Well, what probably the best information would be the USCGOx.org. That's the auxiliary website. And there's all kind of information there on boating safety. Uh, if you want to schedule a vessel inspection, we'll come out to your home and do that, or we'll come to the storage area that you're at. It does not have to be on the water. So we encourage everybody to at least get that done. There's no uh, law enforcement or notification. If it doesn't pass, it's a courtesy, free of charge. We're doing it for boating safety. This morning on Neon and Beyond, we are speaking with the amazing Commander Mark Himes and Commander Bob Cromley from the U.S. Coast Guard Auxiliary, which I love having you guys on. You guys are awesome. Two of my favorites to have on for boating safety as it kicks off the National Boating Safety Week is going on now, and that goes through Friday the 28th, which is Memorial Weekend, which is a busy weekend on the lake. Before we let you guys go, give us a few tips to remind everybody as we get ready for the summer. Uh, If you are a boat owner, the Quagga decontamination stations, if your boat's been in the water for any length of time, you want to get your boat decontaminated. If you try to take your boat somewhere else, off of Lake Mead or Lake Mojave, go to another state, you're probably not going to get in. So it's best to get your boat uh, decontaminated. Take a safe boating class. Get your boat inspected by an auxiliary, auxiliary member. Drinking and boating, number one reason for accidents out on the lake is alcohol-related. So just be careful. If somebody on the boat doesn't drink, teach them how to drive the boat if they don't know how. Stay safe. That's the number one reason for accidents out on the lake is alcohol-related. One good one a lot of people don't know, excuse me, that everybody should know, Five short blasts of a horn on your boat. If some emergency coming up, a boat's heading your way, and they, you didn't look like they see you, five short blasts of the horn. It warns everybody. Um, and if anyone's interested in volunteering to do what we do, again, you can go to the, the you can go to joincga95.org, and we welcome any volunteers that's willing to share their knowledge and experience uh, to the boating public. I appreciate you guys coming on. I know how, how much you take this job so serious and have so much fun, but want everyone to have fun, but be very safe. Also, you got to be 16 to drive the boat, correct? Say again, Seth? You have to be 16 years of age, driver's license, drive a boat. Uh, yeah, you really don't need a license, but uh, that's the age, the minimum age to operate a boat. There's no license required, just a lot of common sense, and boating education class would go a long way. And the other thing that I cannot stress enough is when you're launching your boat out at Lake Mead, have patience, right? Not only have patience, but if you are launching the boat, be prepared. Don't be loading your stuff, your cooler, and all your stuff in your boat at the ramp. Do it. Before you get down to the, before you get down to the the, the launching ramp, do all that pre pre set up somewhere else. Don't do it right because <laughs> that just holds everybody up. Absolutely, that, everybody loses patience. Yes, right? and Steph, it may be obvious to most boaters, but one of the things that we notice 
a few times is you forget to put the drain plug in. The stern plug. As <laughs> if, if we're supposed to, here in Nevada, they've adopted the clean, drain, and dry. Well, the idea of the draining is that you remove that drain plug when you uh, bring your, wa- your boat out of the water. A lot of folks could forget to put that back in when they launch the boat. And we've seen that happen a number of times. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Thank you, guys. And, and Steph, I don't know if you know this or not, but being a boat owner, if you have to have that boat plug, stern plug out, if you're out on the roadway towing, trailering your boat, it's a law that it must be removed. Well, there you go. Thank you, guys. We got lots of good tips. Join CGA.org. Find out more information there. Boating Safety Week is here. Commander Mark Himes and Commander Bob Cromley. Thank you guys for joining us, and thank you for keeping us safe on the waters. Steph, thank you for having us, and we appreciate what you do for us, and you stay safe out on the water. I will. We'll see you guys soon. Okay. Thank you so much, Steph. All right, you guys. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>